There are 12 playoff drivers left, and after this weekend, there will only be eight. I'll give you each team's race strategy to make it to the round of eight. All of that and more on this episode of The Stage Break. Welcome back into the podcast. Episode 28 is officially underway. Thank you so much for joining the show. Super glad to have another chance to sit down with you all and talk some NASCAR. Be sure to like, subscribe, share the show, leave a review if that's something that you would be interested in doing, and just to highlight the different ways that you can connect with the show. Um, I've got accounts on Instagram uh, Instagram page, Facebook page, Discord server. We've got the website. There's a lot of bit different ways that you can connect with the show. So if any of those would pertain to you, feel free to check it out. I think it'd be something that you'd enjoy. Website is thestagebreakpodcast.com, and you should be able to find links to pretty much everything else that we've got on there. Would you like to support the podcast? You can do so at buymeacoffee.com. There's a couple of links on my website as well as on my Instagram page, and I'll just take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to BJ as well as uh, an anonymous giver that uh, uh, sent us some flags. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. That's a huge help, and I really appreciate it. Um, it's kind of just getting the ball rolling on making the show better. Um, on my buymeacoffee.com site, there's like a wish list, and there's some items on there that uh, would enhance the quality of the show and would make it better for um, on the audio side as well as the video side. If um, that's something that we're going to be able to do for next season, is have um, some video content as well as the, the just the audio content that like we're already doing, um, and and you can support the show by um, you know giving money towards that if that's something that you would want to do, or just you know general purpose stuff where. You just buy some flags, so to speak. That's how it's worded on there. Um, but uh, to the two of you that have already done that, I just really appreciate that. And we're going to make the most of it as best as we can. So, again, thank you so much uh, for supporting the show. Got some major headlines this week, and you've probably already heard about them. And we're not. this isn't what this show is about, but just to highlight them because it it's a pretty big deal. I mean, Kevin Harvick, first of all, has made the headlines for, you know, on one side, he got a second place finish, only lost the race by 12 one thousandths of a second. Uh, but then uh, at the end of the day, that wouldn't have mattered anyway, because uh, he was disqualified after a post-race inspection. His There were, there are windshield fasteners that during that inspection they found were loose. And um, because of that, that's a, that's a rule violation and they felt it was severe enough to uh, disqualify his finishing position and to relegate him to a last-place finish. So had he won the race, uh, I'm assuming that they probably still would have disqualified him, if not penalized him to the point where the win really maybe wouldn't have meant very much. So that's just kind of... uh, It's stung already to come up short of the win by 12 one-thousandths of a second, and then on top of that to... You know, to have the penalty post race. That's uh, that's not the kind of end to the day that Kevin Harvick and the four team was looking for. But on a good note, we have uh, NASCAR released the 2024 schedule uh, for the Cup Series coming up next year, and the the 
thing that I'm looking forward to the most is the Cup Series going to Iowa Speedway. This is something that I have been hoping would happen for quite some time. On iRacing, um, I've done some races at Iowa in the next-gen cars, and obviously it's a simulator. I'm not a NASCAR driver, but all that to say, that was probably one of the more fun tracks that that I was able to experience on the sim um, was Iowa Speedway. It just I don't know. It's such a unique track. It's uh, a seven-eighth mile track, and it's kind of a mixture between short track and intermediate. It has elements of both in it, and so it, it kind of required you to uh, manage your tires well. But at the same time, it was a momentum track. You know, it's it, it's long enough, almost a mile that. Um, you know, momentum is key and, you know, just if you slip up a little bit, you know, it's hard to get that, that time back. Um, so it's a really, it's a really cool track and it's something that I've wondered for a long time why the Cup Series doesn't go there. Um, but now they are. So I'm really excited about that. IndyCar has gone there before. Trucks have gone there before. Xfinity Series has gone there before and has for quite some time. Um, but uh, no Cup Series until this upcoming season. So super excited about that. And that one's, that one's, it's a Saturday night race. It's in June. Um, so that's one that I am definitely going to be watching along with a lot of other people, a lot of, a lot of other you guys, every one of us probably are looking forward to this just because it's a new track. We don't know what to expect. And these guys haven't raced these cup cars on them yet. So, uh, it's, a, it's going to be a really good thing. And I'm super glad that NASCAR's going there. So let's go ahead and talk about the main subject of today's show. We're going into the Roval this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and I want to give you what I believe uh, are the strategies that each playoff driver is going to have going into the weekend. You say, how in the world, there's 12 playoff drivers, how in the world are you going to cover all of them? Well, I've got three strategies, three different strategies, and I think every playoff driver fits into one of these strategies. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know, I don't know, it's just, I've got these categories, so to speak. But before I get into what these strategies are, I want to preface it by saying this. Every driver that's showing up at the track this week, their one and only singular goal is to win the race. I don't care if they're a playoff driver. I don't care if they're a non-playoff driver. I don't care if they're locked in or if they're not or if they're in a must-win situation or not. Every driver is showing up to win. No one is showing up at the track just to be able to you know run some laps around this road course They're, that's not that that's not the reason they race if that's the reason they're coming to the track they need to get out of the way and let a team come in that's going to give it everything they got to win the race and and i don't think anyone that's currently driving right now i don't think that's them every driver wants to win the race and ultimately that's their main goal however i think the teams are going to be realistic in that they know what they need to do. And there's a bigger picture here than just winning at Charlotte. There's advancing to the round of eight that needs to get done. So the biggest factor to the strategy that I think is going to be different for this race as opposed to every other road course is the fact that stage break cautions are coming back. So the um, you know every road course that this year leading up to this point, the stage break the stage breaks were, were gone. There was no caution when a stage ended. The stage ended, points were awarded, but they kept racing. So now the cautions are coming back, and 
I don't know. That's that's a different conversation. Is it good? Is it bad? Well, it's it's good if you want to stir up drama within the field because it now you've got playoff drivers and non-playoff drivers. They all want to win, but the playoff drivers have more to lose, and y- you can kind of anticipate what's coming. But at the end of the day, it adds drama. It adds variety because you can't know what everyone's going to do until they make the move. Uh, so I think it's a good thing in the playoff picture that we've got right now that it is back and I think it's going to um, it's going to cause some storylines to take shape during the race that maybe would not have happened otherwise so uh, that's the biggest factor to it um, it's, it's just at the end of the day though all these drivers they want to win they're not going to be satisfied walking into the track expecting to finish 20th all of them want to win so Take that for take that for what it is. That is their primary goal. But on top of that, what's the strategy for these playoff drivers to make it into the round of eight? Like I said, there are three strategies. And all of them kind of take into consideration that it's going to be a good, clean race, that no one makes a mistake. You can't count on a driver wrecking. You can't count on a mechanical failure, and you can't count on a driver making a mistake because that just may not happen. You can count on everyone giving it their best effort, which means that if everyone does their job, the drivers in front of you in points are going to stay in front of you in points. So you have to come up with another solution to uh, jumping or leapfrogging people if you're below the cut line or if you're above the cut line as a driver They've got to come up with ways to stay above the cut line. So, again, taking that for granted as well, that you can't assume that people are going to have problems. I definitely 100% believe people are going to have problems. Drivers are going to make mistakes. Someone's going to speed going down pit road. There's probably going to be some penalties on pit road for, you know, the crew being over the wall too soon. Maybe a tire comes off going into turn three or four or five or six. I, I don't know. I just There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be drivers that get into incidents and they maybe wreck out and they bend a toe link and it ends their day. That's going to happen. But you don't know who and you can't guarantee when or even if it'll happen to the driver that it needs to happen to for it to benefit you as a driver. So they all have to take into consideration that we need to, our primary goal is to win. And on top of that, with these three strategies, it's all taking into account that everyone has a good, clean race. So strategy number one is the gotta win to make it in strategy. Gotta win to make it in. These are these. This is a strategy that I think four of the drivers are going to have based off of how they have performed at road courses uh, this season. And it's honestly, it's the, the bottom three initially, and then there's one more driver. The bottom three right now is Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, and Bubba Wallace. Kyle Busch is minus 26 points to the cut line. And just to be real honest, I think he has to win in order for him to advance to the round of eight. I don't think he's going to be able to point his way in because there's just too much that has to happen. Too much has to go wrong for a number of drivers, specific drivers that are ahead of him. And the chances of that happening aren't very good. So the only way I think Kyle Busch advances is if he wins. So he's on the gotta win to make it in strategy. Ross Chastain is 10 points below the cut line. And just to be realistic and honest with him too, his statistics at road courses this season are not good. So I don't think he can count on 
advancing into the round of eight on points alone. I think he has to, I think he has to win. Now, can he do well at road courses? Absolutely. He won at Coda. So he, he, he can drive. I think it's just something that's maybe off with the team and the cars that they're bringing. It's just the speed hasn't been there, as it, at least it seems that way. So he's 10 points below the cut line. He's in a similar situation to Kyle Busch in that a lot has to happen to people in front of him. So the only way I think he can guarantee it with you know being realistic is if he goes up there and snatches a win. Bubba Wallace is right there next to Ross Chastain, nine points below the cut line. He has improved at road courses. He he got his career best road course finish, I think, um, this last race. What was that? Sonoma, maybe? Or no, no, Watkins Glen. I think that might have been his his career best finish on a road course, if, I, if my memory serves me right. But whatever it is, just you know, trend-wise, he has been improving. Now, I don't think he's improved enough to pass drivers that are above the cut line. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. So he's another one that I think has to win. And then this one driver currently sits two points above the cut line, and that is Brad Keselowski. However, he's not been great on road courses this season. His teammate has, Chris Buescher, in the 17 car. But Brad in the 6 car has not been has not been that great. And Tyler Reddick currently sits two points below the cut line. And he has been really good at road courses and has won this year and won last year at road courses with two different teams. So I think he's in a a position to where two points below the cut line, I think he has a solid chance of advancing on points. We'll talk about that next. But all that to say, if he advances, that means that someone's going to get kicked out, and I think that's going to be Brad. I just he the the numbers aren't aren't that good for him at a road course. So Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, Brad Keselowski, these are the guys that I think are going to go into the race with the expectation that the best way, obviously everyone wants to win, we know that, but the best way for us to get into the round of eight is just to go out there and in a dominating fashion win the race. Maybe not even dominating, right? Maybe just being at the right place in the right time. Now, how are they going to do that? What's their strategy? Like if, if they got to win, what are they going to do in order to put themselves in the right place? Well, their strategy is to get into really good track position and to maintain that. And that's what they've got to do if they want to capitalize on a win. And they're going to do that by, and you can probably guess this, they're going to be pitting before the stage breaks if they can do so without losing a lap. And if they've got pretty good pace, that shouldn't be a problem at all. On top of that, they've got to conserve their tires because they're kind of at the mercy of um, track position, right? They can't just come in and get fresh tires when they need them. So um, every driver is going to be trying to conserve their tires as much as possible while also having as good a pace that they that they can. So it's that fine, delicate balance. But I think the guys that are on this strategy are going to need to do it just a touch more. And if there are late cautions, they've got to stay out. I don't think that there's... There may be a scenario where they can come in and get fresh tires if they're still, um, you know, if, if they're not going to lose too much track position or if there are a lot of guys that do the same thing. That makes sense. But that's always a gamble anyway. I think the safest thing is just to stay out on the tires that you know that you got and make it work. Um, and honestly, that's a lot of guys. I mean, road courses, track position is king. So, you, they, they've got to they've got to keep the track position that they have, 
Uh, and that means that uh, when the end of the race comes and they get down to the final laps, no one's coming in for tires. I really doubt too many people are going to come in. It's just there's not enough time to put fresh tires to good use. Now, could these guys point in? Absolutely. They, they, they can. But the fact is, like I said, people in front of them have to have a mishap. They have to make a mistake. There has to be a mechanical failure. They've got to get in a wreck. Something has to happen. And you can't assume that that's going to happen. You can expect it and you can wait for it, but you can't wait for it to happen and then jump on it. There's just not enough time. And honestly, it may never happen. So these guys, they are going into the race with the expectation that they have to win. Strategy number two is the points plan strategy. This strategy is for those that think that they can get in on points. And really, they just need to have a chill day. They just need to get in there and have a good race. And this is Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Chris Buescher, Bell, and Denny Hamlin. Tyler Reddick, as I said a minute ago, minus two to the cut line, however, has a Coda win this year. Um, and we'll talk more later why that's significant to this race for Tyler Reddick. Uh, but I think he's got a good opportunity, a very good chance of jumping Brad Keselowski and getting him into a really good position, um, especially when you look at Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, and Brad Keselowski. Uh, they're the ones that I think are going to struggle the most out of the playoff drivers, and they're already below the cut line. So Tyler Reddick, well, except for Brad. Brad's two points above. But Tyler Reddick, I think, has a great chance of coming out there and just having a solid day, getting a really good finish, and, uh, and advancing on points. You've got Kyle Larson, who's currently 15 points to the good, to the cutoff line. Um, last year at this race, he bent a rear toe link, and it kind of put him into a really bad finishing position. Um, I feel like this might be later in the show, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Um, his averages, he's got two recent races at this track. He has like a top 10 finish and then a 35th place finish. So his average is like 18th or something like that over two races. Uh, but last year's race, he was doing really good. You know, stage one and stage two, both top 10. He got points on both. It's just in the third stage, he made a mistake, clipped the wall, bent the rear toe link, and it ended his day. So um, that was the scenario that played out for him. And there are some people that are saying, you know, Kyle Larson might be in trouble. I put a poll out on Instagram, and they're saying, who's the, who's the driver that's got to be worried the most going into the Roval this weekend? And several people put down Kyle Larson. I was kind of surprised about that a little bit because he's a good road racer and he's 15 points to the good right now. But now I see why because of uh, the statistics, the numbers don't look so good. Um, but I think he can pull it off though. All that to say, he's 15 points to the good. Just have a solid day. Keep those points and it'll be fine. Martin Truex Jr., same deal. 17 points to the good. One at Sonoma. Uh, road course win here this season. Just come with a solid car, have a solid day. Chris Busher has been performing really well for the RFK 17 team. 19 points to the good, just needs a solid day. Christopher Bell, 22 points to the good. Last year's winner at the Roval. Uh, so he's coming back here looking to defend that title. And uh, with 22 points positive, uh, he doesn't need to win in order to advance. He just needs that solid day. And then Denny Hamlin is practically locked in. He's 50 points to the good. He just needs eight or 10 points or so to be able to lock himself in. And he may do that by the end of stage one or stage two. So what are these guys' strategy? Well, to get every point possible. 
And those bonus points at the stage breaks are going to be key because uh, they're, they're the points that are really up for grabs and will can change your day because, you know, you can have like a, you know, incident in stage three, but still come out on top because you got stage points from stage one and stage two. So they're going to be hunting down those stage points, which means they're going to be racing to the stage break. And if maybe they're, they've got the pace that they need, but they don't have the track position, I could see one of these drivers coming in a couple laps before the stage ends, especially stage one, and um, getting tires, whatever, just so that they can get better track position so that they can capitalize on stage two. Um, you know, if the pace is there and it's just hard to pass, they've got to pass somehow, they might sacrifice a stage in order to come back and then have a better stage two finish. Um, you know, Denny Hamlin might do that. Christopher Buescher might do that, whatever. Any of these guys could do that. Um, but uh, all that to say, these guys are on the points plan strategy. They just need to have a solid day and not do anything to lose points. If they just maintain what they have, they should be fine. And then the third strategy is the snatch and grab strategy. And this applies to the drivers that are already locked into the playoffs, Willie B and Ryan Blaney. What is their strategy? They need to take points away from other playoff contenders. Which points? Well, both playoff points as well as regular season points. Playoff points are obviously those bonus points that you, you can take with you into the, the next rounds. And um, that comes from you know winning stages and then winning the race. But the regular, the regular points too, you know, every position that they finish ahead of someone else is taking points away from someone below them. So what they're really playing defense this weekend. They've got nothing to lose. They're already locked in. They can, there is some benefit to themselves from getting those playoff points, but the regular season points, they're going to reset. So um, whenever they get into the round of eight, I believe. So, but the playoff points, they can take that. So they're hunting those down. But honestly, what's the chance? You know, one in 36 or one in 40 to getting the, the stage win and the race win, you know, that's some, uh, I don't know, I think it's hard to bank on that. The easier thing to try to tackle is to just keep points away from your competitors. Uh, the best way to do that, obviously, is to win. The next best thing, though, is just have a really solid race. Uh, just just get out there and, and uh, take up a position that your competition can't have and, and just take it away from them. Um, and, and that may be to keep people that are below the play, the, the cutoff line, to keep them below that line. And it may be to put some people that are above the line below it. Um, whatever it is, um, they're, they're really out here just to, uh, I mean, I, I don't, like I say, they, there's, there's stuff in it for them. They want to win and that's the primary goal, but strategically in the playoff picture that they have, there's no advantage to locking themselves in because they are already locked in. So therefore, I think that their plan is really just going to be, you know, kind of a um, an active defense, you know, to get out there and to steal points away from other teams uh, so that they can't get as far advanced, put more pressure on them, put them in a situation where they, they have to perform, they've got to come out and execute, and they can't make mistakes, and maybe that'll work in their favor down the road as they get into the round of eight and the final four there at Phoenix. Now, here's the problem with any strategy that these drivers have. Either one of the three that I've mentioned, or maybe there's some more strategies out there that I didn't think of. Here's the problem with all of them. 
Drivers and teams just can't control all the variables. There, there can be untimely cautions, and there will be. Uh, we get to the end of this race, and there's late race restarts, and as we've seen in previous Roval races, it's chaos out there. Turn one is a nightmare for these drivers. They just don't want to go in there. Now, it's going to help because the restart zone is in that final chicane off of turn four. So that's going to kind of back some drivers up so that they don't all pile into there like we've seen in previous races. But all that to say, though, there's just it's a, it's a challenge. And uh, you just you don't know what's going to happen, and the cautions are going to come out. We know it's going to happen. And when it does, uh, that's an opportunity for guys behind to take advantage of something. And that may mean that some of these playoff drivers get wrapped up in something that, that isn't their fault. Uh, you know, playoff contenders could be crashing out, or maybe they have a, a mechanical failure. You just can't bet on all of that. that. These are variables that they can't control. How about the rest of the field that's not in the playoffs, that their singular goal is to win the race? They don't They don't really care about stage points. I mean, maybe they do for, uh, you know, manufacturer's championship or, you know, owner's championship, and there's still all the different um, parts of that that's in play. But for them as a driver... What do they care if they come away with 30 points or 32? They just want the win. And so they're going to take advantage of the fact that these playoff drivers are maybe playing defense. Maybe they're in it just for the points. Maybe they're going to be a little timid going around the corners and not put as much pressure on a driver and uh, you know, kind of squeeze them a little bit into giving them the advantage. Uh, that can put some of these playoff drivers into compromising situations. And then just downright being caught up in someone else's mess, being caught up in their mistakes. These things can happen, and they're things that you just can't control, the drivers can't control, and they can't anticipate if it's going to happen or when it'll happen. There's too many variables. So what's the deal then? Anything can happen, so as a result, strategies can and will change. Uh, that's just a fact of how it's going to be. That Strategies are great until they won't work anymore, and then they've got to be adjusted. And that's going to happen going into the weekend. So let me give you a little bit of a preview of the race. Um, it's the Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We already know about that. It's 109 laps. And the broadcast is going to start about 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. And it's going to be broadcast on NBC. I've already talked about what to expect. I've given you the strategies that these playoff drivers are going to have. Insider information. Kudos to me. Just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, we've already talked. I don't need to belabor that. We've already talked about that. I can give you my ones to watch, though. We've got three drivers on my list here that I think are going to perform well. And, uh, and I'll explain why. First of all, Christopher Bell, last year's winner. I think he's uh, I think he's a driver that is a good race car driver. And they're, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing brings really good cars. They just have a problem, as it seems, almost every race. There's something that comes up. A mistake is made, or they're, they're caught up in something, and it just ends their day, or it kills their um, opportunity to get a win. So if they can just come out and have a solid, clean day, they're going to be up towards the front. You can almost bank on it. So he's one. Tyler Reddick is another one, and here's the reason why I mentioned him earlier and said I'd come back to it. He is really good at technical road courses, uh, for instance, he won at Coda, 19 or 20 turns at Coda, very, very technical course. That is that is a tough racetrack to master, and he's really good at it. Now, the Roval isn't as technical as Coda, but I think it's a lot more technical than Sonoma or Watkins Glen 
uh, Road America. I, I think that the, all those are maybe a little bit easier to learn and to uh, perfect than the Roval is because the Roval, it's got a number of really big braking zones. It's got some really sharp corners um, and, and, you know, 90 degrees here and there. So um, I think the technicality of this road course is going to play into Tyler Reddick's favor. Um, along with the success that he's already had on road courses, I don't know how you don't watch this guy. And then the third driver, Chase Elliott. He's not a playoff contender, but he is in it for the win, and he has yet to get a road course win in this next-gen car. He really wants one. He almost got it at the Indy road course. He was so close, but Michael McDowell just uh, kind of was uh, didn't make a mistake and, and got the win, which was good for him. But I'll have to say, Chase Elliott wants this win and there's a lot of Chase Elliott fans out there that also want him to get this win. So he's been close at road courses. It kind of took him a while to get back up uh, into being competitive in this next-gen car. But I think they might have it all figured out. So Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Chase Elliott, these are the guys that I think you need to keep an eye on because they're going to be towards the front of the field this weekend. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to share, subscribe. And if you want to support the show, you can do so on our website. Check it out at thestagebreakpodcast.com. Well, have a great weekend. Enjoy the race at the Roval, and I'll catch you at the next Stage Break.